0: Morning. Good morning. <laughs> I say good morning, half of you are like, I can relate. That was me this morning. Um, you know, as we get started, I, uh, I want to thank also all of those who uh, worked last week at the car show and put on quite an event. My, uh, my son Cody was here, he brought his drone. Had it flying around, and that was really cool. You don't really realize just how many people and how many vehicles there are. That thing, you know, would go around and and do everything. And it was just really cool to see everybody working. And, you know, as I kind of walked around, it was nice to see, uh, like Larry was saying, the kids. Uh, I didn't see the kids trudging up the hill with the the, pushing the thing up the hill. I loved seeing that, but uh, it was pretty neat. And... uh, You know, so I want to congratulate everybody for a fine, a fine event. Um, However, one thing that frankly kind of bothered me a little bit was as, you know, as we kind of went around and there were so many people so focused in on trying to get things right and to do this event the right way, and man, there were some people snipping at each other that I found a little strange. I was like, holy smokes. In fact, I had one parishioner come up and say, you know what, I think you need to preach that uh, sermon again on pride. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, what's going on, you know? So I went around and it wasn't anything major really, but but yeah, you know, it was like, you know, the, the more we get focused in and we want to do things, the more snippy people sometimes get. I get that way get that way with football, I get that way at home, I get that way, you know, uh, you just need to get this done. Uh, Go get that thing, take care of that for me. (laughs) Why don't you go pick that thing up? (laughs) And uh, people get, you know, sometimes, you know, ask poor Neola, she gets fed up with it, and, you know, uh, other kids at school, you know, you just need to get this done, Uh, go get that done. And they're like, man, what a grouch. I'm like, well, that's not what I meant. What I meant, was, you know, so here we go. Well, what I want to talk about today, a little kindness goes a long ways. And uh, when I was uh, a kid, I had a coach in a sport that, man, he was mean. He was just flat out mean. I think he loved, no, I'm not you, Jim. Jim's back here gawking at me. What Jimmy? Although Jimmy never lets me forget the fact that an Homecoming, 1985, I fumbled on the one-foot line going in, and we lost the ball, and so here we are now, what, almost 40 years later, I still get the speech, two hands on a ball! And I'm like, gee whiz. A little kindness goes a long way. There uh, At school, we have a group of kids called work-study kids, and uh, they go by different names in different schools, and we used to call them work-study. Anyways, these kids, uh, these are kids who are, they, have, they have already declared, we are not going to college, we are not going into the military, we, we want to work. And a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, they'll identify certain kids as being uh, at risk, and they kind of get sometimes get pushed into this, this program a little bit. And so we've got a group of uh, several years ago, about eh, eight nine years ago. I mean these were some they were flat out almost gangsters down there. I mean it was a crew. A lot of the discipline problems came from that that end of the building and the man they didn't care and but there was a lady in the community I cannot remember her name, so I'm gonna call her Mrs. Smith. They called her old Mrs. Smith. Old Mrs. Smith uh She was a widow, and she had this big tree that came down in her yard, and it it was just a mess. And so kind of as a class project, these work-study boys decided they were going to go over to old Mrs. Smith's, and they were going to cut that tree up and and stack all that wood for her. And I can remember some people were like, oh, yeah, you're going to give chainsaws to these guys? You know, you're going to give these guys uh, sharp implements? Well, let me tell you, these fellas went over there, and they worked and worked, and they cut that whole tree up, they split all the wood, they stacked it all up, and Mrs. Smith wanted to reward them. No, Mrs. Smith, we can't take that. We don't want to, we're just doing this. You know, this is what, uh, I, you know, to them, this is what men do. And I remember how proud, you know, a lot of us were of these kids. You know, they just they put put somebody else before themselves and just went about and did it. You know, there's something about doing a good deed that, you know, just just makes you feel good. You know, it's, it's obvious that it benefits the giver as, as much as the receiver. You know, so why don't people do it more? You know, why don't we walk that extra mile, you know, for other people? Uh, you know, it was an interesting story uh, that I read about uh, this one fellow... Talks about an incident that happened to him on his way to work. He was walking down the sidewalk, and he would often pass by homeless and sometimes transient people. And there are people here in Springfield, by the way, who are, we do have some homeless, you know, in, in the community. Anyways, from time to time, they'd make requests for money. You know, hey, buddy, you got? I had a guy just yesterday in Springfield. He rode up on his bicycle. Hey, can, can you, can you give some money to an old? Homeless vet, you know, I'm like, just save them. The, the, here you go, bud. Go get you some breakfast. You know, and off he went. I don't know if he bought breakfast or not. God knows. But people will often do that. And one time this, this old bag lady walked up to him, and somebody he had never seen before, and uh, their eyes met, and uh, she put her coat down and put her bags down, and she says, Hey, mister, would you like a sip of my coffee? Now how would you respond? You're probably thinking, Ugh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to have coffee. So this guy, he, he kept on walking, he just kind of ignored her, hey, and he just kept on going. But as he got down the street, he started to feel really convicted that maybe what he should have done was go back and have a sip of that coffee. And so about a half block away, he turned around and he went back and said, Hey lady, yeah, yeah, I'd like a taste of your coffee. So she held out the cup with her dirty little hands and he, he took a drink and lo and behold, it was fantastic. He swallowed what had to be the most delicious cup of coffee he had tasted in a long time. She said, Isn't it good? And he said, Yes, it is. You know, But why did you offer me your coffee? She said, Because it was so good. I thought someone might like to share it with me. Somebody else might like to enjoy it too. Just for that simple reason. I didn't want your money. I didn't want anything. I just thought, you know what? Man, this coffee's good. I ought to share this with somebody. You know, the small yet simple act of kindness from a complete stranger... Uh, You know, it totally interrupted this person's day, but what a blessing it was! And so, what I want to talk about today is kindness and how it comes in all shapes and sizes, uh, big and small. And one of the fruits of the spirit is kindness. And so, what I want to look at is that here a little bit today. Uh, So, what is God's kindness? We, I think, uh, Mark. Uh, did a good job with his uh, me- uh, little message today. It really illustrates the kindness of God. The fact that, you know, he has made it, uh, it's a free gift. If you want to be uh, you know, saved, I mean, all you, you got to do is ask. It, it's a free gift. In Jeremiah chapter 31, it says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And you think about it, what, what's he talking about here? I've drawn you with an everlasting kindness. Is God talking about drawing the righteous people to him? Obviously not. You know, God, uh, God's loving kindness is to those who have rebelled against him. Those who have turned away from him. God is kind to the wicked. In the book of Luke, chapter 6, uh, very famous, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting anything back because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Jesus doesn't tell us to, to love our friends and to treat them nicely. I, I'm pretty good at treating my friends okay, <laughs> although sometimes we like to, you know, each other and can get pretty nasty there, but he says, Love your enemies, love your enemies, because that's what God's love is like. You know, were to follow his example. God is kind to the ungrateful, those who take God's kindness for granted and don't give it a second thought, and, and the wicked, those who turn their back upon God and despise him, yet God wants to demonstrate to them his kindness. And I love how Matthew puts it in the book of in the book of Matthew, chapter five. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, God's kindness, his love, love does not discriminate. Okay, God doesn't treat uh, his enemies differently than he does his, his friends. God shows his enemies kindness in order to win their their friendship, as Paul put it, in uh, I think it was in the book of Romans. Uh, I think God's God's kindness leads to repentance. God's kindness leads to repentance, and God's kindness is not without love. And you know, kindness breaks down barriers; it breaks down boundaries. Kindness opens up the doors to a to God's love and to his to his fellowship. Kindness even takes in those who are objectionable to us. But I I don't like those people. God is kind to them. Those people are critical of me. They make fun of me. God shows kindness to those people. It welcomes people filled with bitterness. Those filled with resentment. Kindness takes them in. So kindness is more than just some Thing supposed to be kind to people. What does that mean? Well, let's talk about it here a little bit. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter ten. Luke chapter ten. A neat story here. Uh, The Lord had just appointed seventy people, and He had sent them out in pairs. Okay, they've kind of gotten organized now, and and. Jesus and the disciples, so he gets 70 of them, of the ones that he, you know, I, for whatever reason, he, he gets these 70, and then he pairs them up. And he sends them off to every city and every place where he was going to go. So, in other words, look, I'm going to go to these cities here eventually. I want you guys to go there and kind of prepare the way. You guys go there, and, and uh, you know, you, you're going to go there, and you're, you're going to kind of tell them... Uh, you know what's going on. You're also going to warn them, look, the kingdom of God is coming. And because the kingdom of God is coming, you're going to, you need to start thinking about and getting yourself maybe right with God again. And uh, our master, Jesus, he's going to come and he's going to tell you how to do that. And so they go and they have a lot of uh, interaction. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, but... Eventually, they all come back, and they said, Lord, it was amazing, all the things that happened. It was crazy. Even the demons were subject to us in your name. We couldn't believe all the stuff we were able to do. It was amazing. And so Jesus sort of has this debriefing with them. He's like, yeah, you guys are, frankly, you guys are lucky. You're lucky. Because there are a lot of people before you and a lot of people who come after you that would wish to be you and do what you've just done. And he goes on and he talks about, uh, you know, he thanks God that all of these things had happened. And But in the middle of, all of this, a lawyer stands up and wants to put him to the test. And he goes, hey, uh, teacher, what do I have to do to receive eternal life? Jesus looks at him and he says, well, what's what's written in the law? What's written in the law? Luke chapter 10, verse 26, and he said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, yeah, you've answered correctly. Now go and do this and you'll live. But the lawyer says, who's my neighbor? Yeah, I'm supposed to go do these things and and love my neighbor as myself, but who is my neighbor? Is it the guy down the street? The guy that lives next door? Is it my brother? I remember one time my sister and I got in a big fight, and my mom was like, she told me, you need to be nicer. What I used to do was I stole her little baby dolls, and I would bury them and tell her that well the baby died and she died and I buried it. and she would be like and run back and mom would just have a fit. And she tried to get me with this story, you know, once you got you need to God says you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm like, She's not my neighbor, she's my sister. And so we would get into that and just like the lawyer here, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus goes into a story that I want to spend some time looking at here briefly today, and you've all probably heard of the story of the Good Samaritan, and Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among robbers, and they stripped him, and beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead, you can imagine the scene, they're just pounding on him, they took his money, and he's laying there, By chance, a priest was walking down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. I didn't see nobody laying there. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. Two people have walked past this guy. He's laying there on the ground, beat up, stripped naked. They obviously have taken his stuff, That a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he took him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper and said, here, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, look, I'll, I'll repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy towards him. Jesus said, yeah, go and do the same. You know, the story kind of illustrates four different kinds of people. You've got the selfish and the hostile, that's the the robbers. These people are, they're only interested in what what they want. What can I get out of life? When I was a kid, I used to love Star Wars, and Han Solo was my favorite. But Han Solo led me astray one time. There was a favorite line in, the, in Star Wars. Han Solo kept going, yeah, princess, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Your worshipfulness and all this. And I remember uh, my grandma asked me to do something once, and I was like, yeah, what's in it for me, grandma? And I remember my dad like, poof, <laughs> I got booted. And I was like, you know, Han Solo. I don't want Han Solo. You know, what's in it for me? I mean, these robbers—they climb the, the, you know, these are the type of people that will tear people down. They don't care who, you know, on their way up the ladder of success, they're tromping people, pulling, yanking people off of it to get to the top. The ends justify the means. I want money, I want wealth, and I'll do whatever I can to have it, including if I have to beat you up and take it from you. And sometimes it's not about money. Maybe it's prestige or pride. I'm going I'm to beat you down so you don't get the praise, and I do. We talked about pride last week. James chapter 4 says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep within inside yourself. That's from the message, which is a version of the, uh, of the Bible. Well, you also have the indifferent, those who just don't care. The priest and the Levite, yeah, they're, they're both pretty indifferent here. You know, perhaps they were overwhelmed by the need and felt, look, there's nothing I can do. (laughs) This poor man, he's laying there. He's beat up. What can I do? I don't know how to fix broken bones. I don't know how to do any... uh, Well, uh, I mean, I hope he gets better. He walks off. Being indifferent. The indifferent won't kick you when they're down. They won't offer you a hand to get up either, you know. Different people, they ignore you. They just pass by. I'm just minding my own business. We got a lot of that up where I work. Not my problem. Not my problem. Uh, The legalistic, another type. The priest and the Levite may also be legalistic. They justify their lack of compassion in order look, I gotta stay holy in the eyes of my people. If I get down there and help this, this person, uh I what are they gonna think of me? I mean, this wasn't just just anybody. All right. This guy was uh I mean he's been beaten up and and he obviously got what he deserved. And, and you know, why should I get down there and, and help this guy? Uh, you know, legalistic people follow their man-made rules. They ignore God's higher law to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if, if I if I stop and get involved, I might be late for work, and yeah, I don't. I can't be late to work. Boy, I'd love to help them, but you know, I I just can't. I can't give you any money. I mean. You're probably a drug dealer, and you'll go and blow it on something, and you know, so I, I can't really help you out there, buddy. You know, I, I made a commitment to tithe my 10%, and this was my my tithing money. See, I, I can't I can't, can't help you there. And then you have the kind and the compassionate, the model that God wants us to aspire to, the Samaritan. Somebody who to these Jews would have been an outcast, somebody who was hated. We don't have anything to do with those people. Anyways, it's the Samaritan who is the one who was kind and, and compassionate. You know, God shows us what kindness is through this Samaritan. You think about people who revolt, you know, uh, people you despise. Now, we're all Christians. We're not supposed to despise anybody. But we're also human beings filled with sin in need of God's forgiveness. And there are people we just flat don't like. What if they were the ones who demonstrated what the kindness of God really was? Kind of like that band of hooligans. Our work-study kids that went and showed old Mrs. Smith what real kindness was. They didn't want her money. We don't want your... Anything we just want to be nice to you, because that's what we think men ought to do. Men don't go to college, men don't do—you know—I think they have a warped sense of what manhood is, but that's okay. They—they uh, you know, they understood at least that part of what being kind was. The Holy Spirit will help to bring about these things in our lives, so that kindness fully develops and and matures. Kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So let's look at this Samaritan briefly. His kindness is about action. He didn't pass by. He didn't ignore the one in need. He took action. This guy needs help. I don't know what I'm doing, but man, I better help him. Get in there. Kindness is love in, in action. Kindness is not always an Attitude. It's, it's, it's not a new way of thinking. Kindness is, is getting out and helping somebody, doing something, help somebody. It's pride that gets in the way, and sometimes we'll not allow others to be kind to us. No, 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 I don't need your help. I, this is my job. You, you got your job. We you don't need that. Kindness is love serving. It serves others. It requires action. Kindness takes a risk. Kindness takes a risk. This Samaritan, he was risking a lot. Who's to say those robbers weren't there waiting to jump him again? If I get down there and start to, maybe they'll get me. Maybe this guy's, maybe it's a trick. I'll get down there, he'll jump up and, and then hurt me. I don't know. Kindness takes a risk. The Samaritan was willing to put his possessions, even his life, in jeopardy to give kindness to the one who was in need. Kindness will pay the price. This guy didn't just help him up and pat him on the head and send him on his way, he bandaged him up. He poured wine on his wounds that would have uh, uh, purified the wound, probably helped prevent infection. Put oil on him. That's like comfort and to to soothe him a little bit. He took him to an end. Then he paid the price there. Look, I'll pay for his stay. If it costs me any more, I'm coming back through. I'll pick up the tab then. You know, that price was paid even without the guarantee that that man would recover from his wounds. There was no guarantee. That guy could have died. But he did it anyways. He showed his kindness to that man He was willing to pay the price and do what it took to help that guy in need. I want to brag on somebody. I'm not going to mention any names. Somebody who was willing to uh, saw somebody who had a real need in their life. A real need. and They went out of their way to help this person, including possibly even bringing this kid into their own home knowing this kid had a rough life. You know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to pay the price because that's what kindness is. That's what God does. And think about that. I couldn't have done that. Kindness will pay the price. Luke says, be generous. Give to the poor. Also says, give away your life. You'll find life given back. Generosity begets generosity. Kindness take action. Finally, kindness puts other people first. Samaritan didn't worry about his schedule. He didn't think about himself. He put the needs of the wounded man in front of him. Philippians chapter 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than, Than yourself. Consider others better. Not equal to. Not sort of in my league. You're better than me. And I'm going to treat you that way. Because you're better. Because God did the same for me one time. And so, the challenge this week is to allow God's Spirit to produce kindness in you. Now, that doesn't mean we're supposed to be wimps. Don't misunderstand me. I'm sure in any time any church, any group gets together and has got to get a pull off an event, like a big car show, things got to get done. You have to see us uh, before the bus leaves sometimes. It's not a time to be kind. you've picked up, will you get your shoes on? Pick up your stuff. Get the water thing on the bus. Coach, did you get the uh, emergency medical forms? No, why not? Oh, we're late. Oh, great. We got Big Red, the bus driver. She's mean. Here comes this person. Wait, But kindness is a thing that as Christians we need to remember. Kindness is something that God demonstrates to us and demonstrated to us when we were unrighteous, when we were not saved, when we were not anything, God get showed us his kindness, sent it through his son, Jesus. You know, Jesus is kindness in action. God took a risk. Jesus, his son, took a risk when he came to this World and, and lived his life and gave his life as a ransom for many, hoping that that kindness would be the, 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 the price that would be paid for us. It was God's kindness in putting others first. We see that through the life of Jesus as we love one another and continue to move forward as a church, my prayer is that we'll take kindness and put it into action. That we'll look for people who we, we consider maybe not to be as equal as us and that we might demonstrate God's love and God's kindness to them. Like Mark was saying, what did you say, a hundred some thousand people? You know, they don't know Christ. And at this point, they don't want to know Christ. Do we consider them better than ourselves to go and to do something for these people? Not do something, share the gospel. You know what, buddy? Jesus died for you so that you could have eternal life. I need to share that with you. Friends, all of you are loving, kind people. I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. Many of you have been so kind to me when I didn't deserve it, when I was playing around, playing church, people were still kind and would call and do little things to help and encourage me along, and I so appreciate that. And your kindness, you know, it really went a long way to helping me have the confidence to step up and get involved, do something to, in the name of Jesus, to be kind and to demonstrate that to other people. I'm thankful for people like Jason. I I don't know how you pulled that off, brother. I don't I mean when I watched that drone video and I'm just like, look at all these people. I had people all over the country from our uh from the church of God like, How did you do that? How did you how did you pull and I'm like, Man, I've got the I got the guy right here. You may be up for some consulting work here before long, so But thank all of you who did that last week. It was just a wonderful event. And thank you for showing God's kindness to the people of our community. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these wonderful people as we love each other and demonstrate kindness and patience and love. Help us to share that with the lost, those who don't know you. And God, help us to draw close together in in the name of Jesus as Changes are coming once again, Lord, and, and I pray that you'll guide us and help us to be wise and to do your will in this community. For this church, is, it's yours. It belongs to you. Help us to not get in the way of what it is you want us to accomplish. Father, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.